It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have questions you would like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game and things settled down a little bit now for the Hawkeyes. Iowa 2-0, ranked 5th in the country in the AP poll after two significant wins. Coming into this season, all eyes were on those first two games. You had Indiana at home at Iowa State. We've gotten through that gauntlet 2-0, feeling good, and now's the time to kind of get right over these next couple of weeks before we get back into Big Ten play and we have a target on our back moving forward as a favorite in the Big Ten West. We do that first with a home game Saturday afternoon 2-30 against the Kent State Golden Flashes, and before you turn the dial, there's some interesting stuff in here about Kent State that you may or may not know. My guest today covers Kent State for the record courier. It is Alan Moff. Alan, thank you for the time. Sure thing. Uh, so two very different games for the Golden Flashes so far. 41-10 to loss at Texas A&M, and then a 60-10 to win over VMI this last weekend. Other than the quality of the opponent, what changed most from week one to week two? Well, quality of opponent. That, that, that was the big one. <laughs> um, I, you know, I mean... I think they did a good job of regrouping from uh, it really, if you look at the A&M game a little closer, it's a 10, three game at, you know, right before halftime in Kent state's driving. Uh, they had a miscommunication between the quarterback and the wide receiver. The wide receiver stops the pattern and, and, and Dustin Crump throws an interception. And then it's 13 to three midway through the third quarter. And uh, you know, A&M just makes a play that teams like A&M and teams like Iowa are capable of making uh, with a corner that just jumps her out and, and picks a pass off and runs it back 85 yards. So, you know, and from that point on, it got out of hand a little bit. But, uh, you know, the 41-10 final is a little bit deceiving um, if you're looking at it from Kent State's angle especially. Um, and then they were just able to, uh, you know, I mean, they took care of business against a lower-level team, but that, that FCS team was ranked 17, so it wasn't like VMI was a, was expected to just kind of roll in there and, and take what they took. Um, you know, Kent State just thoroughly dominated that game from the opening drive on and looked real impressive. And uh, I think they got themselves, you know, mentally kind of back in a better place heading into this Iowa game. You know, looking at the box score of that game, and, and 60 points is, is incredible for any team against anybody. Uh, and that, that's got some Iowa fans a little on edge here, I'll, I'll admit. And, and as I'm looking at that, it's like, I wonder if it's a typo. Did seven different players score a rushing touchdown this past weekend? That is correct. Uh, two of them are quarterbacks. 
one of them was a wide receiver on a, an end around, uh, and the rest were running backs. Um, they're, they're, they have two running backs they really feature, um, and obviously the game was out of hand, and, and they were able to rest them guys pretty much the whole second half, and some other guys came in. And, and you know, one of the things that Kent State does is they like to up-tempo you. Um, they like to, you know, especially the first two drives of this game, they're literally, you know, they're running a play, they run the ball back to the official, and they snap the ball. Um, as quick as they possibly can. So, you know, when you get an offense like that rolling, uh, which they did, obviously, um, you can put a lot of points up on the board really quick. And that's uh, obviously what they were able to do. They scored on six of their seven first-half possessions. And, uh, you know, VMI just really didn't know what was hitting them at that point. <laughs> Seems like you have a good quarterback uh, in Dustin Crum. What can you tell us about him? i tell you what, he's going to test you. You really will. Um, you know, he, he he's... Uh, kind of he's a dual threat guy. Uh, he's one of those quarterbacks that when he runs, you're sitting there looking at him like he doesn't look terribly athletic or anything, but he's got these long strides and he kind of glides and he just gains yardage. Um, he's a lot faster than he looks. People don't really run him down. So he's a legitimate threat to run the ball uh, which, when you're trying to defend him. And I tell you what, he's got a, he's very accurate. Um, he throws a really nice deep ball. Uh, he's just really come out of, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he'd lost his job uh, when Sean Lewis took over. He lost the job when he first took over. Um, and, and was able to bounce back and regain the job um, in the second game of 2019 and just gotten better and better and better. And next thing you know, I mean, he's a he's a legitimate quarterback that you're going to have to uh, account for as, as a thrower and a runner and, and uh, really, really smart, intelligent, veteran guy that uh, he just does an excellent job of running their offense. How's the defense look? You know, Iowa, we, we feel pretty good about our, our, our offense. I mean, our defense here. Our offense is, has been kind of the question mark through two games, although Iowa has played some very good defenses in Indiana and Iowa State. Uh, the, the thing that jumps out to us here again as we just kind of look uh, glancingly at Kent State as we begin to prep for this week, uh, the only team with more interceptions in the country than Iowa is Kent State, uh, four against the Aggies in week one uh, as a team, four again last week. Montre Miller had three on Saturday. I mean, this secondary must be something to, uh, to write about. Yeah, that's, uh, they're, both of their they have start they have only two starting cornerbacks because of the, the defense of, that they run. Um, they start three safeties, actually. They run a 3-3-5. And uh, both corners have two, three picks already, um, which is just crazy. Obviously, part of that's just luck. <laughs> but um, at the same time, uh, Elvis Hines is a senior who's played since he got here. Um, just played a lot of football, got better and better, had a great camp, and they were excited about you know what he could do, and he's gotten off to a great start. Um, Montre Miller is actually a guy that hasn't played much football for him, and he won the, won the other corner job in camp. And, uh, yeah, I mean, three picks in one game is just incredible no matter who you're playing. So, um, you know, they got some veteran safeties. Uh, the, the back end of the defense, you know, at their level is, is really solid and, and a lot of playmakers now. Um, you know, nobody's denying facts here that, you know, going into the Big Ten and playing that type of competition is just a whole new ball game for these guys. But uh, I think they definitely feel like their back end, especially on defense, can compete. Now, the issue is up front. Um, you know, they've had a really, really difficult time stopping the run, especially against big physical teams, uh, just, like, just like Iowa. So um, there's no question that Iowa's going to try to come out and, and, and really assert itself in the trenches and, and do what Iowa does, and Kent State would definitely seem very vulnerable to that type of attack. Is that kind of where you think uh, maybe what worries fans most about this game is uh, is Iowa's rushing attack against that defense? No, oh, no question about it. Um, you know, just big physical teams, like I said, Kent's really undersized up front. Um, they try to kind of go after longer, leaner kids 
just because that's who they can get. Um, you know, the, the bigger guys are just hard for them to get. So they've kind of tried to, you know, build a defense around those types of kids. And, and again, you know, that can work um, at their level pretty well, but it's really hard when you go up against guys that, uh, you know, on the front line that Iowa has with that size and strength to try to, to try to just, you know, just try to get in anybody's way and, and plug things up a little bit. So yeah, that's definitely the issue um, when they've played teams like this in the past uh, that's been exposed. Um, so yeah, no question going in, you know, can they just find a way to, to neutralize anything up front? And, and you obviously got a really good running back to, <laughs> as well on top of it. So that's the concern for Kent without a question. I'm sure you're, it's, you know, it's early in the week. You're probably just getting into the, uh, you know, film watching and, and game planning and things like that. But uh, where do you think Kent State has an opportunity to, to maybe take advantage of some of Iowa's weaknesses? Well, I think if you're Kent State, I don't know exactly what those Iowa weaknesses would be. But, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, Kent State, what Kent State is going to do, you know, they've played games like this for the last, you know, seven, eight years, at least one. Uh, lately, they've been playing three a year. Um, so it's not like they are not used to this type of competition. Um, so from that perspective, uh, they're not going to be overwhelmed or anything like that. But, uh, you know, the thing is, just if it's Kent State here, you're just trying to figure out how you can do something against these guys, uh, even to take advantage of your strengths. And the thing that Kent will do is they'll come and play, and they'll come to win the game. They're going to try to do what they do, which, like I mentioned, on offense, they try to go as fast as they can. They try to, you know, keep your defense out there on the field and wear them down. Um, you know, they try to, you know, just make, you know, matchup issues and things of that nature. Um, they, they actually, you know, it kind of comes off as they're being a finesse team, but they're really not. They try to run the ball first and then set up, you know, deep, deep balls based on short passing game and, a, and kind of an up middle, up the middle and belly running game. So um, they're going to try to do what they do. Now, whether they can do that against an Iowa, you know, it's very questionable. I will say that they had a lot of success running against Texas A&M and A&M has a, you know, obviously one of the better defenses in the nation. So, um, they have to feel pretty good about that. Uh, Crum really struggled. Um, their wide receivers really struggled to get open against A&M, and I would, you know, obviously anticipate similar matchup issues. I know Iowa's really good in the back end as well. You going to make it over to uh, Iowa City this weekend? Actually not, man. Disappointing, but, uh, you know, you know how it is these days I with do. budgets and this, that, <laughs> and the other in our newspaper industry. So I I'll do. be... I'll be watching it from home. Very disappointing, but it is what it is, man. Well, uh, well, well next time we play and you, and you make your way over, we'll buy you a beer here in Iowa City, all right? That sounds awesome, man. <laughs> he is Alan Moff. He covers Kent State for the Record Courier. You can follow him on Twitter, at Moff underscore RC, and uh, check out his work as we get ready for a uh, another fun weekend of college football. Alan, thank you so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Sure thing. Thank you. So a really interesting team. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I think I was going to lose this game or even come close to losing this game. But Spencer Petrus is going to have his work cut out for him. This is a, a defense that's very similar to Iowa in that it goes after the ball and it finds ways to get there. They picked off Texas A&M four times in week one, and they're going to come into Kinnick Stadium looking to do that again. Will Iowa be able to overcome that? Yeah, I think so. And and honestly, this is probably a good thing that Spencer Petras has a little bit of a challenge here. You don't want him to gain a bunch of confidence against weak opponents and then go into that Maryland game and Penn State the week after that and on and on and on uh, and have that all kind of fall apart in front of him. So hopefully he is challenged a little bit this week and hopefully he can overcome that. This offense can overcome that. And it sounds like Tyler Goodson is ready to have a big 
big day. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have this game covered in all areas, in all aspects. Trent Condon is handling the Thursday night radio show. You'll hear that right here on the feed as well as on KXNO Radio in Des Moines, 106.3 FM, 1460 AM, and anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And continue to follow Hawkeye Nation as we've got a bunch of stuff coming for you, coming at you, and we appreciate you being a part of it. I appreciate you listening, and go Hawks! <laughs>